everybody, welcome to the podcast show on what's the trend. Uh, here on the show, we're going to talk about the latest trends in the sign, business, and human behavior. And in today's episode, episode 009, we're going to talk about some self-development. My name is Nicholas Pouliou. I am a self-taught designer and entrepreneur. And today, we're going to talk to Mark Joseph Petrie about his program, what he does in his business as a life coach, as a personal trainer, as somebody who's going to make your life greater and give it meaning and purpose so you can achieve your vision as well. Um, let's stay awesome. Let's stay tuned for his practical advice on how to get what you want out of life. He has a unique perspective and a life story to share. Let's get it going, guys. And as always, if you did like this episode, leave us a review on iTunes um, and share this episode because I really think this message is valuable and needs to get out there and I'm looking forward to your comments and reach out to uh, uh, Mark himself all the links are provided in the show notes and description as well stay tuned so yeah we're on um, so um, Mark let's get, get right into it so um, obviously for the people who don't know you on the podcast here um, um, who are you exactly like um yeah, what do you do, man? Who are you in, in a few, two minutes or something like that? Well, first of all, Nick, thank you so much for inviting me on this on this uh, podcast. Like, uh, who am I? That is a very, very interesting question. Um, but w- what I do is I help people to unlock their potential. So we we are we are unlimited human beings and. And what we can do is absolutely extraordinary. And, and when we start realizing this and we start living that life of purpose, everything starts changing. So that's what I help people to do. And, um, and it took me a long way to get to that point and a lot of experience and try and error. And uh, if I would have had this type of information right from the get-go, my life would have been way, way, way different. But at the same token, I needed to learn all those things to get to where I am right now. And I'm very, very fortunate uh, to live the life I'm living now. Okay, okay. So um, that's pretty much a really intense mission statement. So for the people who don't know um, what you do, like, man, this guy, he's so amazing. What, what do you do, actually? What, what, what do you help people with? I mean, um, we talked about this, your, your, um, your personal development coach, your trainer, you help people and put them on the right track because you had plenty of experience yourself. But um, just a quick, uh, quick description. What is it that you really do like with those kind of people? But if you look at it, I mean, right now, this segment of personal development, coaching, life coach is extremely crowded. I mean, you, if you go on your social media, there's always feeds on this yeah. and you hear all kinds of different people which are uh, giving you webinar. I mean, like I, on my feed, it's just crazy. I'm getting overwhelmed by the amount of webinar on, on the subject. But the, the challenge that it is in there is like which, which formula it's working. And this is what I went through myself. You know, I started um, into this type of information back in 1999. So that gives you an idea. It's, it's like wow. almost 20 years, you know, that I've yeah. been looking into that type of information. And, and I, I read everybody. You know, I, I look, I had multiple courses myself, but I was kind of unable to 
to really unlock it and say, you know what, if I do this, every single time is going to work. So what I do is I help people to provide a formula that is very easy to replicate that if you do replicate that formula, you're going to have certain, you're going to have results with certainty. So that is what I'm doing. And I'm working with the, the, the foremost leader on the subject, which his name is Bob Proctor. And, and Bob, I've been, uh, I've been doing this for 57 years now. That is, that been his life mission. And, uh, it's just, it's just a, a magnificent uh, teacher and mentor. So basically, now I have a mentor, and this is where that everything started changing in my life. Okay, okay. Sounds, sounds pretty interesting and intense. And so I do mentorship. Like to, yeah, to, yeah. To answer your question. Okay. So, so prior to getting into your professional life and your business, we're going to talk about that later. But um, before kind of... Um, we go into that, into that business of personal development, the program, what's it about? I kind of was curious to give the audience a perspective of, about your background. I mean, um, from, from what we talked about, um, you were born in, uh, in Haiti, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Probably exactly. a really poor country. Uh, that's how you described it, right? And, the poorest um, country in the world. Really, is it? Yeah, but but it you is. didn't... So, so you grew up, uh, so you were born there, but you grew up actually in, in Canada. So how Correct. did that took place? Um, like, did you decide to move there? No, actually my, my father, my father is born in Haiti as well. And, uh, he was a very educated man, uh, went to Belgium, uh, did his first master's degree there and went back to Haiti. He was an architect. And then did an engineering course and got a master's degree in Quebec City. And then this is where I met my mom. And, uh, and then like my mom thought that there was a good idea to have a child in Haiti, but she didn't think. And that's the problem. Like sometimes when we don't think, uh, there are some consequences that is happening out of, of those decisions that we're making. So basically I'm born there. So she just fucked up my papers in, in a way. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, but but we we went back like my father like thought that that was a a probably a better idea for my brought up uh to live in, in canada even though that he suffered a lot through this uh if if you remember you know end of the 70s beginning of the 80s um haiti was a, a very um like it was okay you know it was an okay country but in quebec for someone which is a, a color man um, it was it was a very tough situation for him. So he he, he became very bitter about life. So for was him, a lot of racism going on or something like that. Um, I mean, yeah, it is. I mean that that was that was just the time. You know, if you think think about the eighties, uh, that was still like some some very harsh things happening. You know, in uh, end of seventies, you know, in Chicago, if you where you're from, where you are, you know, uh, and nowadays it's still there. So it's still some challenges that, that we are dealing with. So in Quebec, it was no different. So, so you grew up in, uh, um, so you grew up in a Catholic neighborhood, as far as I understand in Quebec. So how, how was the environment there? How were the people, did you have any friends? Like, like, um, how can I picture that? For me, I mean, I, you know, I, I got call names and you know how kids are. I mean, kids are, are very mean in a way. Uh, they're pointing out, they don't have filter. 
So they see something and they're just pointing it out. Uh, but I had a lot of friends. Uh, I had a very good, um, like my, my, my recollection of my childhood was, is very vivid and nice and, and, uh, like not that many problems. Really, the, the, the challenges started when I became, when I was a teenager. That's really where it's happening, which we have to go back to the 90s. And if you yeah, remember yeah. The, the Rodney King stories in Los Angeles and all this, and that was kind of a wave of racism that was happening, like, uh, like uh, the white power and skinheads and all those things. We had those challenges. So this is where that um, I became became extremely anxious uh at that time i was really? i was having yeah like i was having anxiety couldn't eat uh i was unable to eat you know i was going to school and i remember like for two years i never had a lunch at school really yeah it was making me sick so i just didn't want to puke in the classroom right <laughs> which is not good <laughs> for friendship and all this <laughs> okay okay But it was not like uh, you, you were connected with friends. You had, uh, you had uh, community. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I had, I had good friends, uh, which, by the way, some of those friends are still my friends nowadays. It's uh, still the same people um, that we, we are seeing each other uh, every summer because I, I don't live in Canada anymore. So, um, but yeah, no, I, had, I had a good, uh, a, good, a good childhood. I have good memories for that. Okay, and how about the, the uh, money situation? Because you had some setbacks later on. At that time, when you, when your mother and your father and you were in this safe environment, how was that? Did you have any issues with that, or your father did okay and uh, my, you wouldn't have to worry about anything? Yeah, my father could not find a job, uh, a job at his level. Like he, I remember having those conversations with him, and he was telling me that he's. Uh, he was really frustrated about, about this career. Uh, I mean, two master's degrees. So you can imagine the type of, uh, I mean, he was, he was a brilliant man. Um, but the knowledge that you're gathering, and I'll touch that later on, the knowledge that you have doesn't mean that uh, you can apply it, number one. And number two, it doesn't give you the self-confidence and the decision-making that uh, is required when you go into the business world. So this is, this is the disconnection that there is with, with um, having a degree and being on the, um, on the marketplace. And mm -hmm. I know for your audience right now, a lot of those, you know, they, they're in college right now. They, they, you know, they're grinding and they say, okay, when, when I'm going to get out, you know, I'm going to be successful. But it's, they don't teach that. And, yeah. and I remember like having those conversations with my father. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 12, 13 years old. And my father have those conversations with me. So you can imagine, you know, I'm, I'm bar barely getting out of the, the kid phase and getting into as a teenager. And I'm having conversation about, about being um, overqualified for jobs and, and uh, that he's not happy about his job situation and all this. So, He was, he was really frustrated about that. So yeah. my money was, my, my mom was the one which was bringing money at, at home. So she really? was, oh yeah, she was working and, and, uh, and because my father couldn't find, couldn't find a job. Wow. Yeah. So what was your mom doing? My mom was working for the government, which is uh, typical in Quebec. Uh, like we are a very, 
um, how can I say, it, it's very governmental type of city. A lot of uh, job from the government, uh, which are very secure, like with very good pay, but very strong union as well. So you don't get permanent position there or you're uh, what is called temporary. So you have this, this kind of sense, okay, uh, uh, am I going to be renewed, you know, after my contract, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. All these kind of fears and insecurities, yeah. E exactly. So, so, so that's, uh, that's how I grew up. Okay, so, so moving forward, I have one quick question to Radna. Were you a good student in high school or uh, in school in general or kind of winging it? It was easy for me. It you, were, was you, were, easy. you were a smart guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to know, to, to think that, uh, but it was easy. You know, like if, if you tell me something once, I got it. It was, it was very clear. And when I didn't get it, I remember my, my uh, in fourth grade of high school, um, I had a teacher which he was having his own methodology for physics and I just didn't get it. And I did not understand why I was not getting it. And uh, it was bothering me because I was getting things very easily, you know, math and, and whatever concept uh, you tell me once and I get it. So that's why school was, was relatively easy for me. So, so um, then uh, moving on, you're, you're a teenager and all of a sudden you're, you're grown up, you're 18 years old and then something very tragic happened in your life. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, like I lost my father. Uh, my father was, uh, at the time I was, I was just starting college and, um, was playing football, uh, American football. And, um, and I remember getting, getting back from, from a practice and, uh, we received a phone call. Actually, my, my father was in Haiti at that time and we received a phone call and just got told that, uh, my father passed. And, um, and it was tragic because, you know, as, as a kid, your parents are, are kind of your role model, like in, in some cases, right? I know that there's some out there, some of your audience might say like, no, like, you know, I hated my parents. Like they <laughs> nothing, they were nothing like role model, but uh, my father was like, was this, this brilliant man that, um, actually, Nowadays, I understand what happened to him, but uh, yeah, he, he was sick, and I think that he got sick because because of his fear, because of his not realizing himself, because of all his frustration. But uh, yeah, he passed forty six. Imagine that, boom, that's it, end of the story, and uh, and it really changed. It really changed everything in our family, and uh, we kind of grew apart from that part, from that point. So, so what changed exactly? I know you have uh, two siblings, right? And uh, mom, and what happened to you guys like after that accident? Like for me, for me, I was just like, you know, I just realized um, I got, I got to do something with my life. You know, now I'm playing football. Okay. My, my father just passed. Uh, I have a, a sibling, which is she, I was 18. She was seven. So you can imagine um, the difference in, in, in age where that I'm on a party mood and, you know, going to college, just having a blast with my life. And then my, my little sister just, just has this traumatic experience where that uh, her father just died. And um, 
and I was, I was not close in, in terms of uh, our family was not close. And that's something that happened prior where that we kind of grew apart. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't there. I, I wasn't there. I was just like started doing my own stuff and, um, and everybody went their own way, basically. So you were kind of becoming independent and you say, hey man, who, who cares about them? I'm doing my own thing. And that's it. I, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, yeah, like uh, in a nutshell, like in, in terms of action that I was taking, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And, and you're, you, you have one sibling or two siblings? Or? I have two. I have two. Like I have a sister, which uh, she's uh, 18 months younger than me. And the other one is 11 years younger. Okay. So you're kind of the older brother and you're, um, you're the man here. So, so I was, did that I was, yeah, I was the man, but I was not acting like a man, like, you know, at 18 getting like responsibility like this. Uh, and it's really funny because sometimes I see like some, some young kids that's getting children at that age. And I'm like, wow. Uh, because I was a kid, you know, I was a kid <laughs> until I was 30 and even, even then, you know, <laughs> so, uh, wow. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So, so, so then um, you you went in t- through some struggles. I mean, uh, you told me you struggled with money and food. So, how do how how can I imagine that? I mean, you were living this 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 decent life. This you hadn't really but, any. Yeah, yeah. We probably gonna try like six years prior to that because this is where that uh, shit hit the fan. Really, uh, we had a car crash, like very severe car crash, where the entire family was in there. And, uh, and that's where my, my father became really, really paranoid after that. I mean, he didn't want to get out. Uh, he, oh. he was, he was like really paranoid. Um, my mom like broke both of her legs. Uh, like she was in bed for three months, so she couldn't work. So we ran out of money at that time. And I remember one time my father tried to do some bread with, with whatever we had in the cupboard because we didn't have any money. And, uh, I mean, it was hard as a rock. I could not, I could not <laughs> bite it. Like I could not bite in it. Like it, it was impossible. Like I would have break my teeth. So it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was traumatic. Wow. And, um, and basically from that point on, we always had money problem. So it's, okay. it's what, and later on I can, I can refer to this, but it, what we experienced was an emotional impact and it changed your habits and it creates paradigm in your life, which basically it's very, very hard to get out of it. And I look at my mom now, you know, I'm helping my mom nowadays and uh, she's, she's still in there. She hasn't fixed that problem. Hmm. Okay. So, um, so after that, so now you're, you're a teenager, you're, um, you're, um, in college, you're doing your own thing. How was your situation then? Did it improve? Did you have money available? Um, besides, uh, having a great time, how can I imagine that, that young guy? I like, you know, you, there's one beautiful thing about, uh, Canada and, uh, the school system is, is practically free. So when you go to school, um, yeah, there's some costs involved. Like it's nothing like in the United States. Uh, it's it's very very inexpensive, uh, and one of the best place to go to school, by the way. Um, so money, you know, and we have a lot of help from the government in terms of uh, helping you to pay for your for your education and so on and so forth. So 
I could go to to school on a on a very low budget. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. working, you know, night night shift and weekends and stuff like that. So I had my own money, like to to be able, but to be able to survive and go to parties and have fun and all those stuff. But at the end, you know, you live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, that's the life of a student anyway. You know, <laughs> you're eating crap dinner and you're <laughs> paycheck, and you just you're just keeping all the money for the drinking. <laughs> that's really what what you do as a student, and uh, it was was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I, I no complaint, right? Other than the traumatic experience that happened, uh, I had a blast. Okay, so so what did you study back then? I was studying like general um, general education, which in Canada it's kind of like I'm not even what was the name of this? Like it's kind of general science. So you have like some philosophy course and French, and because by the way, I was speaking only French at the time, right? So um, I didn't have any English. So that was all really? everything. Everything was happening was in French. I didn't speak English at all. So everything that was happening was in French. So we had French. We had um, some philosophy courses. Uh, I had uh, literature courses and uh, and some math, and that was it. Um, it was very, very light type of uh, education that I did. And, um, and then I just decided I'm going to go and, and start working because I wanted to start earning my own money. But all this living at my mom's place. Really? Uh, yeah, I lived at my mom's place until I was 27. 27? Yeah. And what did you do at that time? Like At 27, this is where I just realized, like, what the heck am I doing? You know, like... Uh, you, know, you live at your mom's place. Uh, you have you have a career, which basically I, I study communication in between. So I'm doing some jumps there, but uh, I study communication, um, television, and radio. And I, I work in radio, I work in television, but I was not patient. And this is one of the things that I want to stress to your audience you need to learn to be patient it, it's not happening the way you want it to happen and there's some lessons that needs to happen but uh i had opportunities i could have gone into some places learn english now i'm still speaking only Sp- only french at the time right and uh then at 27 i just like like that doesn't work so at that time i was working to a furniture company as a salesperson and, uh, and I just, I was, I just wanted to get out of there during the winter because I mean, Chicago's winter is cold, but you have no idea what cold is. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What are you talking about, man? I suffered a time no, here the last uh, season here in winter. It's yeah. Horrible. I tell you, you have no idea what, what cold is. I mean, you <laughs> go to Quebec city for winter and, uh, you will really see what cold, I mean, this is Siberia type of cold. It's freezing. Uh, so I couldn't take it this anymore. And I decided like, you know, I'm going to go to the Bahamas. So I had this idea in my mind, I'm going to go to the Bahamas and, uh, and okay. some friend of mine, like at work, just come and say, Hey, a friend of mine is here. Uh, I know you want to go to the Bahamas. I mean, he's in Mexico. Would you like to talk to him? I said, for sure. So I'm talking to him and, uh, and then he's telling me that he's trying to build a sales team, uh, to work in Mexico. And I'm like, sign me up. I'm in. And three weeks later I was in Mexico. 
and uh, at the beach, uh, drinking pina colada. It was, wow. was just like, just this, this shift. And, um, and I was like, wow. Three weeks later, I met, met the, the woman of my life. Um, and then started like to, to explore and realize, oh my God, there's, there's more out there. You know, remember, I speak only French at the time. Well, that, so that, that's insane. Yeah, I'm 27. I speak only French. And I'm going to Mexico, which basically they speak Spanish. No, <laughs> no experience. French. You have no experience and about the country. No, not at all. I, I never been there. Um, and the only thing I'm speaking is French. And the business language in Mexico, in the tourist industry is English. And the way people communicate is in Spanish. So I'm there, you know, not knowing, having only French. And I'm just like, well, let's figure it out, right? And, uh, <laughs> and basically meeting the, the one of, a woman of my life, which uh, she, she's German and she's there as well. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting the way that things are unfolding, where that you put things in your mind, that those things will come into your experience. And, uh, and yeah, I never looked back. I mean, I've been living in Mexico now for 16 years. Wow. So I have one question before we head uh, further along your process. Uh, what caused this change of mind? You're 27 years old. What happened that you realized I need to change something? Because I think that's really valuable for my audience because they're, as they're pretty young, young studs, either going to school or aren't, uh, doing something, trying to figure it out. What caused this change of mind or what needed to happen for you to realize, hey man, um, I think I need to change something here. What happened? What, what did you realize? What, what, what was different? That's very, that's very interesting. And, and uh, now that you're asking that question, I think I, think I, I put the finger on it. Um, now, I need to backtrack maybe a couple years prior where that I was... I was Uh, I was on the radio at the time and, and I went to one of the main anchor, like the, the, the number one anchor guy in, in town. And I went to him and I said, man, I need a microphone. You know, you need to help me out. I need a microphone. And he said to me, you know, I really like your boldness. I really like your, your voice. Actually, you've, you've got a very different voice that my, my staff here. And, uh, and I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a, I'll give you a shot. So, but again, I was not serious into what I was doing. And, uh, so I had an opportunity, but when you're young, sometimes, you know, you're getting the opportunity and you think that getting the opportunity that that's it, you made it, but that's <laughs> just, that's just the first step. Right. And, and I didn't, I didn't understand that at the time. So I got, I got a mic, uh, which was in the middle of the night and I was going there and was, I, I don't think I was serious. No, it's not. I don't think I was not serious into the way I was approaching my craft and developing my, my talent, you know, and developing my voice and my skills and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and basically, you know, a few months later, it just, just said, okay, you know what? It's not working. So, I needed to start working somewhere else. And I, and I did And one morning I'm working there and then I'm the one, I'm the first one to get like the first client, like which in, in a furniture 
uh, shop, you know, the first hour we're kind of rotating because there's not a lot of stuff, staff there. And mm-hmm. he's the first one getting into the shop. So I'm looking at him and he looks at me and it's just like, wow, you, I look at y'all looking sharp and all this. And I can't see in his eyes, like the disappointment of me working there. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah. And, and, uh, but then he, he gives me, I mean, he, he bought, he bought so much shit. He bought so much shit from me, which was helping because that was, I was working on commission, but I yeah, don't yeah. know if he, I don't know if he bought like by pity for me or really if, if he needed it all, you know, that, does that make sense? And then I, I remember that it kind of bothered me. It bothered me that he saw me that way. And, and I said, like, I think that this is, that was like the, the, the shocking point. That was like the, again, the emotional impact, which normally this is what's happening is you have an event in your life that creates that, that, that impact that says like, fuck this shit, man. I, I need to change this. This is, this is not working. And, uh, and yeah, this is where this idea came from. Like I need to go South, which that was an idea I was I was uh, having in my mind already for a few years, you know, I need to go South. I need to do this, you know, while I'm young, I need to go crazy and, and work in a club, man, and, and meet girls and just go insane and ballistics, you know? So that's, that's what was going into my mind. And, and, uh, but I think that was the event that truly trigger, trigger that, that I'm going to do it this time. So you were kind of ashamed of your situation and you didn't want to be in that anymore. So you said, okay, Exactly. I, I got to change it, man. Yeah, what but you know, you know the frustrating part when you think about it is most of the people are waiting for that to make the change. We're waiting to hit rock bottom. We're waiting to hit like that, that place where it doesn't feel comfortable anymore. Where that the only thing I needed to do is to make a decision and do it prior. So, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I felt probably ashamed of myself and I uh, needed to make the change. But but I think that's what, what we all need. I mean, what are the real reasons to change their lives? It's either inspiration, and for many cases, it's just uh, desperation. I have to. It, this, I, I cannot live like this anymore. I know from my personal experience, uh, to say that I was inspired to make this bold move at, at 20 years old to move to the United States with basically any context whatsoever from Germany and leave everything behind, I was desperate for... A different life because I never received what I wanted. It's okay, man. Um, I, I need to change. I was desperate and I was not necessarily yeah. inspired. And I think many people are just coming to a point where they're desperate to do it. I was like, okay, man, fuck this shit, man. Yeah. And, and no, I think that's, that, that's a familiar situation. So I, I think you kind of have to, right? But you're you totally to. right that we, we're always waiting for that. But what, where I want to stress out and what I want to stress out there, it, it's not, you don't need to wait for that. Because when you arrive to this point, it's because you, you cannot take it anymore. Yeah. Right? But, it, but imagine if you would have made the choice that says, you know what, like I have options. And, and I'm not desperate, but I will choose this path not because it's the path of least resistance but that's because that's the path that's going to make me happy without being desperate like yeah. that that is a way better place and 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 that's what i want to i want to share with the audience that this is possible 
know, it, it is possible. You don't need to be desperate. But often, you're absolutely right, is we're waiting, we're waiting for that to, to make the move. So obviously, the reasonable decision would be like a kid, uh, he's doing very well. He, he makes maybe a decent amount, decent amount of income. So you know what? I, I can do a lot more. I'm not going to wait until I hit rock bottom or something bad's going to happen. I'm going to take action first. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is the, the ideal situation because if you're in this situation, normally you, you might have already money. You might be in a, in an okay situation. You, you might have some aspiration that you just don't know how to do it. And if you go and ask for a mentor or a coach or someone to give you the help, To get to that point, this is where that the entire shift happened. And now you, you're, not, you're not going from rock bottom. You're going already from a nice place. So it's, it's way easier to make the change. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree 100%. So now, so now let's head back to the current events. You're, you're 27 years old. You, you're in Mexico. Uh, you made the love of your life. Um, At that time, did you really know that or, or just thought, okay, that's, that's just how it is, man? Or no, were you I like, was, I was yeah. coming in Mexico for the winter. And, uh, and then, like, basically the first time we, we came in Mexico, I mean, I came to Mexico and then met her. Uh, her name is Dana. And, uh, and basically from, from that point, now listen to this because this is, this is fucked up. Uh, a month, I mean, we, we meet and then we are living a month of absolute, you know, when you, when you meet someone and it just click that you are living on this freaking cloud and you're not touching the floor, you're not touching the ground. You just, you're just gliding, you know, you're, you're floating and all this. So we're living this way. And, uh, and then she received a phone call. And, uh, so I'm coming back from work and I go home and then I'm, I'm reading a note on, on the door. Then she said, uh, my father just died. Uh, I am blank like at that place and all this. And then I'm reading the message and I'm reading it again. And I'm just like, that cannot be right. Like, what do you mean? My father just died. I mean, her father died. The very same way my father died. I mean, identical. Now, get the crazy part of this. She's born the same day, the same like day than my father is born. So when you say like coincidence and, and life and the way it works, I mean, there's something that, that is so majestic And that's, that's, that's where actually I got the first time in touch with, with this type of information is like, that can't be, that can't be just coincidence. Destiny or something like that. I, I don't know how to call it and I don't want to put a brand on it, but, okay. but you know, she, I met her, she has the same, the very same day, birthday than my father. And her wow. father died a month after we together. The identical, I mean, the same way. They both died the same way. I mean, uh, and, and we knew at that point, okay, like, you know, we are meant to be together. Wow. So she's, she's, she's the same age or, or younger than you? She's older than me. She's older, a couple okay. of years, Yeah, she's a couple of years older than me. Okay. 
but you yeah. get along pretty good. So from that yeah, point no, on, yeah. <laughs> from that point on, what were you guys doing? What was the life goal? What was the life plan? Was it just being together? We're gonna hang this. We're gonna make this together. Or so. So what was the the mission here? Well, like um, like your father died, so she went back to Germany. Had to fix all this 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 like stuff. Uh, and then she called me. She says, "I I need you to come." Like, I, I need you to come and to be here with me. Uh, I believe you're the only person that can understand what I'm living right now. So I went to Germany, uh, first time in Germany. And, <laughs> uh, and like in the middle of winter. So you can imagine I'm going like from 35 degrees to minus 10. It was a disaster. Uh, my skin was cracking and all this thing. So, but like but we're there we are through this challenge and and through this this event this crazy thing and uh and then basically i just realized you know we, we are meant to be together so we went back to mexico because we just realized like that's like let's 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 make it right let's make it so we went back to mexico and then uh i got an, a job opportunity in canada so i went there and, and she came and meet me a few months later And we just decided, okay, we're going to try in Canada. And, uh, but didn't work six months there. And now all those like, um, bad memories and, and opportunities and stuff like that. I was just thinking like, no, I'm not, I'm not meant to be here. So we went back to Mexico. I think we were there for six months in Canada. So we went back to Mexico and, and then start working, uh, to the tourist, um, tourist environment into the hospitality industry and uh was was earning good money and and our life was earning money and go mm -hmm. on vacation and and take long vacation you know two three four months at a time so we were earning good money and then just go on vacation for two three months and that that's was was the life for the next uh until 2013 so 2002 to 2013 so 11 years we did that wow but but were you growing or not really you just was were kind of like making money and then enjoying life yeah and you know just just living living the life but you you, you i mean i was earning at some point like very stupid money you know like stupid money and uh but because Because the way I, I got, I, I was brought up because of my money paradigm that it's called. And I can explain this later on. Um, I was unable to maintain that money or to retain it. Or when I was investing, it, it was just disappearing. I was investing it in, in wrong things. I was not having the education on how to maintain and grow money. So it was, it was just like piling it, spending it, and then piling it again, spending it becomes broke and then getting more and then just not having any, I mean, it was just, just crazy stuff. Okay. And then obviously you made another big change then. When did that took place that you said, okay, man, we got to change that. Actually in 2013, uh, which I had my very best year into that hospitality and sales um, and make like, I mean, absolutely stupid money. And, uh, and then at, by the end of the year, I was broke. And I was like, 
how, how is this possible? You know, earning this kind of money and then being broke the same year. So having my best and my worst year in the same year, I, I was just not understanding how it, it could be possible. So then this is where I started like to ask for help. And, and that's where I encountered Bob Proctor and I started working with, with his organization. But the very first time I did it in 2013, I thought I could do that on my own, which I had good results, but then uh, did not train or, or have the proper mentorship and the proper uh, guidance. So basically, again, that was up and down, up and down all the time. And on, in, until 2015, where that, that's truly, I said, okay, I, I need to change something because my way doesn't work. And this is where that I got, uh, I got into Proctor Gallagher Institute organization and I became a consultant with them and I got the proper guidance through that uh, organization. So a mentor and a coach, that, that's what I have and to so this what, day. So how old were you at that time? Um, 40. 40, okay. That, that's where I turned 40. I was just like, man, like, come on. You know, if you're not changing anything right now, uh, you at 40, like, did you imagine yourself at 40 to be where you are right now? No, no saving, no investment, nothing. And, and then I had a child, right? But how many people are living paycheck to paycheck? I mean, my mom to this day is still living the same way. So if you're not making the change, basically, and, and my mentor, Bob, is saying, some people are going through life and when they die is just a formality. And I remember when I heard that, I mean, it kind of hurt me. Yeah. Like this is fucked up, man. I don't want to be a formality when I die. <laughs> you know, like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, um, what were you doing at that time in this, uh, program or with this company? Well, I, I was I was still working in into the hospitality industry and into sales, but then I started to to follow this program and and do my certification to become a, a coach, a mentor. So I was doing both, uh, but it took me about I don't know I think like that was four no six months six months after I just said okay that's it now I cannot do this anymore I can I cannot do that job anymore I hate it. I hate every second of it. I don't like to go there. So let's put, let's, let's burn the bridges and let's put all of my effort into my business. And this is truly where that I started working there and started having clients and people trusting me and, and having confidence and, and building it. Right. Which like, that's what you're doing with, with your, your audience. It, it's a build up. Is you're not going to yeah. have success just right away. It's, it's you building up, you're building up the trust, you're giving them something. And then all of a sudden they, they see you as a reference and then they started coming back and says, you know what? I can learn something with Nick. So let, yeah, let's listen yeah. to it. Right. So that's, that's what I've been doing in the past three years with my business. So, so what's your business about? Let's get right into it. So you have a program and, and what, what do you do in this program? Okay, so the business itself is, is coaching and mentorship. So what we do is we have a methodology. We have a program where you follow, which you're going to work for six months. And in six months, we're going to change the root cause 
of why you're not successful or why you're not doing what you want to do or what you really want in your life. Uh, a lot of your audience right now, they, they're listening to this and they're just thinking, it's like, yeah, but I don't know what I want. And the, 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 yeah. the real problem into this is they know, but they bury it. Like they said to, to their parents when they were like nine or 10, hey, I would like to be a singer or I would like to be an astronaut or I would like to be a businessman like you, dad, or I would like to, to uh, I don't know, be a, a captain in a sailboat. Like whatever you said that you really wanted and you, you were passionate about it. And then you had a parent or someone of authority that said, no, that's impossible. Or no, that's not for you. Or there's no money to be made there. And, and they said that and, and you were like, no, I can do that. And basically you heard so many times you can't do it that you started bearing that, that dream of yours or that passion or whatever it was, right? And because of this, you started uh, conforming. You started aligning yourself with what society is, what school is, and, and all this stuff, which is not necessarily true. <laughs> and, uh, and, and basically, you, you gave up on it. And now, when someone's asking you, so what do you want to do? Like, what is your passion? And just, I don't know. I don't know, because you, 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 you know it, but you've been told that it can't happen. So you believe that people actually know what they want to do. They're just not aware of it. Correct. Like, it, it, and sometimes you need to find it. Like sometimes it, you, you have it, but it, it is buried so, so far away, which is funny that you, you're mentioning this because yesterday we were talking about uh, some projects that we are on. And, uh, and that has to do with, with sports psychology. And while that we were talking about it, I just remember that as a teenager, I like what I wanted to do is I wanted to be a, a sports psychologist. Like it, it just came back to me and I was just like, oh my God. And, and I had this like chill that just like went through my entire body all at once. When this happened, this is where that you, you connect. This is where that the dots are like aligning. And then you're just like, okay. Now the first question that's going to come to your mind is how I'm going to do that. And norm, and because we've been conditioned on the how and not the vision and not the goal, we've been conditioned on how you're going to do this. A lot of people are giving up on their goal even before to start because they don't know how. Hmm. But the truth is you will never know how. I'm sorry? So um, interesting that you said that. So um, what is actually important by, um, yeah, accomplishing those goals? It's, it's, really, it, it's really the vision. The vision, really the vision is the key. The vision is the key. The vision is where the dreams start to be built on. The vision. The vision of, of this, this big picture, what I'm going to accomplish. Correct. Okay. That is the first I, thing. Because I remember vividly when I was, I mean, for myself, just to give you a, uh, some, some gold nuggets from my perspective, when I was young, um, I'm, I'm very honest about it, this. I wanted to become like my dad because my dad at that time, 
he was uh he was actually uh he studied engineering and he wanted uh, he he was an engineer and project manager but then sort of he changed his career i didn't know what he was doing really my entire life and actually right now i'm not sure <laughs> um he got into sales and he traveled the world and and yeah um that's what he did but then when it went to place where i saw where i saw him speaking on a wedding from for his brother and he, people got engaged and people cried. He's a really good speaker and talented at that. And I said, I want to do what he does there. And I thought at that time he was a public speaker and I wanted to be like him. I wanted to make people cry and move him and inspire him, but that's not what he did. So I was so confused and, and conflicted. I tried to figure it out what I actually wanted in my life. I was, I was probably like 10 years, 11 years old. And, um, um, I tried to, to follow his principles. Like, like I, I even got into a school uh, to learn more about mathematics and, and science because he was an engineer and that's the route he took. So I thought, Hey, maybe if, if, if he, that he did that and that leads me to that different route. So I think, um, what you're telling is basically, um, that I think a lot of people also have some, some, they don't have the proper education or information or just the, the ability to see through what's actually going on. Would you agree on that, that many young people are not really aware of, of what's it about before, because in order to see the vision of, you have to really identify the steps. And I think that's where how to comes in place um, that they kind of need to say, okay, what is it actually? They have to understand the vision. That's what I believe. Because uh, as long as I don't understand what, what the vision is, uh, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to be able to take proper action or something like that. If you don't see the vision, you don't know where you're going. So that's, that's, the, very, that's the very first thing. But, but what you're saying right now, and, and I really love that you're saying this, because you knew what was your calling when you heard your father. You, you were... You were inspired at that moment and you made a decision. This is what I want to do. I want to become a public speaker. I want to inspire people. I want to make people cry. So you had that calling and you got in touch with it. But when you're talking about the education, our education system is absolutely flawed. I mean, there's absolutely no reason 85% of what is required yeah. To be successful in life doesn't come from the traditional school system. It doesn't. Yeah, that's all. that's that's quite frankly I mean, the case. 85% is coming from, you know, self-confidence, it's coming from decision making. I was mentioning this in the beginning. Uh and and self-image. So all this, you don't learn this in school. They don't teach you that. Like 15% of your success is coming from the traditional school system so if you look at people like you know mark zutterberg which we can use his name because we saw him we've been a witness of what he's been accomplishing in the past 10 years i mean he's worth over 72 billion dollar not going to freaking school well well he dropped out of college right and exactly but like, you know, he still built like one of, I mean, the company which everybody's using now. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, the biggest platform on earth. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I mean, and he drop out, he's a dropout. So, so he's, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Um, so we actually think um, college education or formal education is not really the main indicator for any success. Absolutely not. On the contrary, like the, the college education is designed to make you a good robot. That's what it's designed. It's designed to program you to think in a certain way. But think about when you go into a job, right? As soon as you get into an interview and you get, you get hired and they're going to make you go through your educational system. And if you say, oh, I'm going to bring my book from school, they say, oh, no, don't worry about that. Like we're going we're gonna to teach you. So everything that you learned is not even necessary for you to, to, to bring into your work environment. So this is, this is the disconnection between what we're learning in school and, and what we're doing in, into the work uh, environment, into the workplace. Now, am I saying that you shouldn't go to school? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you should get proper coaching on how your mind operates because they don't teach you how your mind works. And if you don't know how your mind works, you will never know who you are, which this is where the disconnection happens in all these. Well, Does that I make mean, sense? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, now, now as we're talking about this, I'd like to share a theory of mine that I have because um, I talked about this with, with uh, um, um, a, a freelancer, a coworker who, who wanted to know like, Hey, Nick, he asked me, what do you, what do you think is, is, the, is the main indicator for myself or for somebody to become successful? What, what do I need to learn? And I, and, and I thought about it. I said, okay, man, let me, let me get back into it. I'm going to ask this, this coach I have on a podcast here. Um, <laughs> let me get back. And I thought, I said, okay, what would I say? I don't know what you're going to say, but I said, okay, um, I think number one is mental. Number one, the first thing you got to do is have, have the right um, the mindset, the mental game straight. I mean, we all know about that positivity. You got to be willing to, to have the ethics, have put the work in. It starts in, in, in your mind. Got to believe in the vision. Got to believe in yourself. And then number two, and then I thought about it, like what is the most important thing you should learn next to that? And I, and, I, and I thought about it a while and then, so you know what? I think it's sales. I think it's about communication with people because in this age, at least, if you don't know how to communicate or if you don't know how to sell yourself to this and that, you're not going to really achieve anything because you need to persuade people that you can do that job, that you are able to accomplish that. Uh, maybe your, your, your workers, your employees, your client, everybody your spouse, your girlfriend, whatever, whoever it is. And uh, I think the number one, the second point is that. And then number three, and then it comes, it contradicts with uh, the, this, this theme that everybody says, hey man, I think you need to chase what you love. And I thought that for a very long time, but then let's, let's put that into perspective. If everybody would chase after that, what he loves, I mean, what, what I love, for example, or, or uh, uh, I love the New York Yankees, but it's not going to get me anywhere if I if try to become a New York Yankee, if I'm not very talented at that. And, uh, or, 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 it's, or for, for example, public speaking. Um, I'm very good at that and I have a talent and a gift, 
um, I'm already good at that. Uh, why would I invest any energy into that? It's going to come natural with execution and, and practice. So I think the third thing is really to invest uh, into a skill set that you're not good at, something that you that is going to keep you behind. Now, if in my case, that may be um, administration or, or accounting or anything like that, a life skill or anything that keeps you behind where you have a lack of from your child of and you don't know how to do that. And I think that's just basically those three things I would tell this guy. Now, I'm curious to know your answer to that. What are the three things that somebody really has to learn in order to become successful at his game? At his, he, this, guy, this guy has a talent and he wants to grow that. He wants to, uh, he wants to become successful. What would you say? I mean, my Holy theory God. is... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, you're, you're very, I mean, you, you're close. Uh, I would, I mean, I would question uh, some, some of your, your, uh, your theory, but uh, that's not where we, we here for. But like what I would say to this guy is first is attitude. This is where everything starts. Attitude is by far the very first principle for success. And, and the problem is I can, <laughs> this makes me laugh, you know, when I ask people, so what is attitude? And I'm getting, I'm getting as many answers as the amount of people I'm asking that question because nobody knows really what attitude is. So, and the problem is, is when we don't know something, we tend to either uh, find a reason to make it sound good or we are not we're not looking for the answer. So the very first thing is attitude. And attitude is really built through, through study and through understanding how your mind operates. So that's the first thing. The second is your vision, which is your dream. And you should indeed go after what, what you love. Um, really? You believe that? Absolutely. Why? Because you are not counting time when you do something you love. You're not counting. I mean, I can do this all day, all night. I, I don't need to eat. I mean, my wife always have to remind me that I need to eat <laughs> uh, because I'm so passionate about it. I forget to eat, you know, and then all of a sudden I look at the time and it's, it's midnight. It's one o'clock. I mean, I can go without, without seeing the time passing by. And that is what a passion is. Now it, you need to eat, right? So you need to do it in a healthy way. But uh, that's just show you that my, my level of commitment. And the third is persistence. 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 Because you're going you're gonna to fail. And you're going to fail many times. And you're going to fail badly. And you're going to fall. And people's going to tell you you have no talent. And they're going to tell you to quit. And if you start listening to the people around, you will quit. But if you look at everybody which have been successful around always have had persistence and they believe into what they wanted to i mean look at george lucas the amount of time he presented star wars which is the biggest franchise in history now uh look at jk rowling uh the author of harry potter i mean she's got she got denied i think 17 times or something like that this is the biggest book in history so if she would have not had persistence and didn't believe in herself and her project, she would have gave up. So persistence is by far 
like w- with your vision, but it is, it is. Yeah. Because that's, that's where, that's where that everybody give. And there's a great story, uh, that you can read in the book. It's called think and grow rich, which by the way, if you haven't read this book, I have that. that book. Is, yeah, yeah. That is, that is a must, but you don't just read it. You study it. So that's a book that you're always going back to, right? So you kind of read a chapter, you read a page, uh, and then you're going back to it. And then you just, just let it sink in. Just let it, let it uh, take your entire being. And when you can do that, um, you will see results in your life is going to change drastically. But he says in there, there's a story about this, this gentleman that uh, went into this rush for gold. Mm-hmm. And, um, and basically, you know, find some gold, went to his family, is okay, let's, let's, let's gather this money and we, we're going to all be rich. So he went and dig up and dig up, have like money, and then he find a goal, and then it's like, okay, just a little bit more, and then we can reimburse everybody, and then we can like make our killing, right? And then he dig up and dig up, and then there was no gold anymore. So for, for months of digging up, then he's just like, fuck, that doesn't work. Uh, let's pack it up and let's go back. So he gave up. Then he, he, he sold this stuff to a, a, a junkyard man. And the junkyard man, when he said like, uh, where is that mine again? I said, oh, yeah, it's over there. So the junkyard man, the first thing that he did is he went to a specialist and asked the specialist, can you take a, a sample of really what's happening with this mine? And the specialist said, yeah, you know what? Um, they encounter a false, uh, a false read. And basically the gold is only three feet from here. So the junkyard man went there, like hire a team and they start digging. And then the big killing was just three feet from where those other people gave up. Wow. So giving up, like people are giving up when, when the get, when the going gets hard. Yeah. They're getting really close. But they're close. Like you're always going to be challenged before you're, before the, before succeeding. That is kind of a, a natural law of, of success is you need, you need to have that challenge to realize if, for example, you deserve it and if you're ready to, to embrace that success. Okay. So talking about books, man, you talked about a different book. So now it's Think and Grow Rich, must read, guys. If you, if you don't have it, get it. Um, you, read a, you wrote your own book with your, your wife, right? Hundred yes, million possibilities. Now I saw it on Amazon. Um, I definitely put a link down in the, in the, in the description or in in the uh, yeah in in the show notes for the audience to get that book. And I haven't read it personally, but it sounds quite interesting. So, so when did you write it, and what was your intention with that? Um, uh, the intention was really to to give people an overview of the type of teaching that we are doing because there's so many things. I mean, we from your goals, which is your vision. What do you want in life? You know, what what makes you on fire? And when you have fire under your ass, you're ready to do whatever, whatever it takes to get there, right? So that is very important. That's key. Um, but there's laws of the universe. You know, for example, you and I we would be on the top of a building. Now, if we would take a step off the ledge, what would happen? Well, yeah, what would happen? 
like probably would have a bad day, might die, might even die, right? If we're on top of a building and and we just walk off the ledge, yeah, I mean, for you sure, don't yeah. Have, you don't have a good day. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna finish bad. Um, there's a law, which is the law of gravity. Nobody's doubting this law. Like we are not doubting it. Why? Because we, first of all, we've been taught this law. Even though that we can ask scientists and engineers and all this to 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 explain gravity, we don't even understand it. This is all theory. It's a theory, right? That we we did calculus on it, and and basically we came with this theory that this is what happened. But we experience this law of gravity since we are baby. So nobody's doubting this. You know, if you jump, well, you're going back on the on the ground. If you fall, uh, you'll hurt yourself. Um, so you know about gravity, and you're never going to doubt this. But there's are, there are other laws which exist in our world, and they are scientific laws. They are natural laws that are working every time for everybody everywhere. But those laws are not taught to us. So when you start working with those laws, now you're starting having results on command with certainty. And this is what makes this methodology so powerful is now you have this faith that you will be able to get the results that you want because you're working with the natural laws of, of the universe. Mm-hmm. And, and that gives you, gives you such a, a peace of mind because, well, you know you're going to be successful. You know that there's nothing that's going to stop you. So that is this, uh, how your paradigm works. You know, you've heard me talking a lot about paradigm and, yeah. a paradigm is, <laughs> it, it, and I never explain it, but a paradigm is a mental program that has exclusive control over your, your habitual behavior. So the way you behaving, by the way, and everything you do is habitual, you know, you're waking up in the morning and you have a routine that you're going to, like, you know, scratching your balls, going to the bathroom, drink a glass of water but you're always doing the same thing in the same order and if you're not then you're going to feel a little bit off you're just like oh shit like oh no that's going to be one of these days right <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You, you know exactly what i mean because that is we are an habitual uh being like that's the way we're operating and all this creates your paradigm so your way of thinking and you're thinking in a certain way so if you are not changing that way of thinking, you will not change your results. And you can never outgrow your paradigm. So if your paradigm creates this limit, this is where you can go. You cannot go further than that. And to work on your paradigm, that's where you need a coach. You need a mentor. You need someone that has expertise on how to change paradigm. And this is the part that most of the people are failing at. And this is why when I I was mentioning earlier that a lot of this entire market is very crowded, but none, there's no core out there that are addressing paradigm like we do with our company. So that is the, this is our unique selling proposition. This is what we do that nobody else is doing so efficient. So, so so I'm curious. Okay. So, so obviously you've proven to, to have valid points. So guys, so if you haven't heard of him, just get the book and uh, look at his services. So anyways, who typically looks at, looks for your services, looks for your consulting? Who are those audience personalities? Are there any famous people with, within them or 
how how does it work like I, I've got so many, so many different clients. Uh, and, and it's funny that you're asking this because I had like a young kid, a 16 year old that called me is like, Mark, uh, it's not working what I'm doing. Right. I, I mean, I'm, bless his heart because at 16 to realize that what he's doing is not working and he wants to be a tennis uh, professional tennis player. And he's really good at what he's doing, but he knows that mentally he has a blockage with school that is not helping him to get the notes that he needs in order to get scholarship, right? So for, for him, he, he knows that I have the solution. So he came to me. Um, but I have like, you know, housewife, I have like plastic surgeon, I have like business owners that have, you know, like 17 different businesses. Uh, I have um, salespeople, uh, insurance people, doctors. I mean, there's so many, there's nobody that I cannot help. And I'm, I'm not kidding there because we're working with the laws and it's all about what you want. So if you find what you want and you're working with the laws, you're going to get it. Very simple. So, so what are some trends in your, in your, in your business? What do you see uh, common patterns, things that people struggle with? What are some things that you hear all the time and say, Hey man, I got the solution for you. Don't worry about it. Like, what are some of those things people tell you? Like, hey, man, I struggle with this or that. Money. 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 It's really Money. epic. It's, it's, it, it is the very first one. Like, that, that is, and it's really funny because money is not even real. <laughs> Think about it. Money is a concept. It's green paper. Like, there's no difference between the green paper and a rock. The only difference is we put value And it's a total concept made in our own mind that we're putting value on that green paper. So money, if you think about it, is energy in motion. So if your energy, and I know that I'm going to spook some of your audience right now. And by the way, it, it doesn't matter if you believe in me or not. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not because you don't believe me that it's not the way it is. Okay? So okay. just pay attention and 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 just open your mind. Money is energy in motion. So if you change your energy towards money, so if you change your vision towards money, you will start to have more into your life. As simple as this. But now the first question is, okay, how do I change that? Well, this is where paradigm comes into play. This is the, the your habits that come into ah, play. Ah, the paradigm this thing. Is all those stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes sense, man. It's always going back to that, and it's it's freaking annoying because you just like I got it, and now the paradigm comes, like your 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 brought up comes. And by the way, the pro the paradigm that you have are not even coming from you. They're coming from your parents. They're coming from your grandparents. They're coming from four or five generations before. And then you just like, and then when you start thinking about it, just like, why am I believing in that? That doesn't make sense. It's like, exactly. That doesn't make sense because it been, it's not coming from you. It's coming from your grandparents. But it's so deep into your DNA that you don't know how to get rid of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, so... That was some very powerful stuff. So now I got some, some final questions. We got to wrap things up here for the audience. You brought some power value. So, so I got a couple of questions in regards to your 
relationship to your to your spouse. I mean, obviously, that's a very impressive story. You met her at 27. You got lucky, man. Um, and obviously, you you run the business with her. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so um, if you if you run a business with your partner, um, how is that how is that like? Like, what's your experience with that? Is that like uh, positive? Like everything is fun, or you have bad times too with that? Or how no, how, how can I imagine that? Yeah, we have bad times, but uh, the bad times are are very little if you think about it. With uh, and the, the the difference is that because we are in the same frequency, and 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 that that's gonna sound a little again. That's gonna sound a little weird for some of of the audience, but we understand frequency at at the radio like when you listen to a radio station, right? So mm-hmm. if you're talking and, and you and I, we are on the same frequency right now. So I'm talking, you're talking, you know, we can understand each other. We, we exchanging each other. But if I would be at a lower frequency and then you would talk to me, like it will go right above my head. Just the same way that if you would try to listen to 98.5 while you're on 106.3 you won't listen to that channel. You can't. It's just not working. So it's the same in a relationship. It's the same in communication. So my wife and I are very, very lucky. We are in the same frequency for the most part. Uh, we, are <laughs> com- we are communicating uh, with this. We are studying the same material. So we understanding each other at an energetic level, like if that, that makes sense. But that's yeah, yeah. What, what's happening with us. Yeah, definitely, man. That helps me out because I myself started getting into a relationship with a girl who really, uh, yeah, I share a connection to her. So I was kind of like being selfish here for me and scrapping something for myself here. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. You have all the right for that. This is your show, man. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, other than that, um, I have a final question for you. What is your biggest life lesson you've learned over all your years of experience? What is your biggest life lesson? God, patience, guys. Patience. Patience. Like, yeah, it's, it, this, this, this world and this, this life we're having, I mean, it's so precious. I like the way Gary Vaynerchuk is, is saying it. It's like there's one out of 14 trillion chances that you are who you are. Now think about it. One chance over 14 trillion and you're going to give up that chance you're going you're going to mess up your life you're not going to f- live your life to the fullest like this is crazy but first you need to be patient like everything's going to come in play when the time is right and when you're in the right frequency now if you're thinking i'm going to be a public speaker i'm going to be a world-renowned public speaker i'm talking to you nick right now okay and, uh, and you have this vision, right? And that vision is so clear. Now, as soon as that vision is clear, that vision, based on the world we're living, like the, phys- the, the, uh, the physics in the world we're living, your thoughts are energy. So as soon as you create it in your mind, that exists already. In the, in the, the realm of time, space, energy field, Right? That already exists. So it's all about how can you bring your frequency to that vision? 
Okay. And this is this is freaking deep right now. Yeah, like, that, that's problematic. Now, now I'm going deep now. Now we're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> we, we took the red pill and we're going right down. Okay. So, but that is truly the key is when you do have a vision, when you do have a thought, the key is to elevate your frequency to that vision. And as soon as you have a match there, because there's always a match, you're going to receive it. It's going to happen in the real world, in the physical world. That's powerful, man. Now, now I'm very optimistic about your, your, your speech here. <laughs> no, so, it's, 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 it's science. It is truly science. There's no, there's no hocus pocus behind this. It's science and it's proven. It's worked every time. So that's, that's great, man. So um, last final thing. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? If they listen to this podcast, hey man, I need this guy. I need this guy right now. Where, where can people find you and connect with you? I, I'm telling you, like all the audience, you definitely need this this product. It's I'm I'm just a messenger. Like I'm a messenger. What I'm doing is I'm helping you to get the information. Um, but you can find me on my on my website, markjustit.com. Uh, you can write me, like you can go on Facebook. Uh, I have like a Facebook page. I have Instagram and it's all my name. Well, Mark, like with a C, Jospitre. So like, I know that you're going to have this on, on your yeah. podcast. So yeah, we're going to have that in the description below so people can find you. So that's really, truly how uh, you can find me. I love to talk with, with people about their passion. So like book a call with me and, and let's get on the phone and let, let, that helped me see how you can achieve that because everything, like there's nothing which is not possible. And, and just, just to conclude, because you said something that uh, was probably a lot of people are going to relate to that. It's like you said, yeah, I love the New York Yankees, but I'm not going to play for the team. And when you say I love the New York Yankees, you know that it, it doesn't feel right. Does it? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, exactly. I mean, I would love so to, to align one day. <laughs> you're not aligned. Yeah, but what you can do is you can become like a, a speaker for the team. You can become, uh, if that's truly what you want to do, right? You can become like a, a announcer for the team. Like there's all kind of different things based on your passion, which your passion is public speaking. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Can you work with the New York Yankees? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. And I can show you how to get there. But playing for the New York Yankees, when you're saying this, it doesn't feel right whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so that's it. That's the end of it. If it doesn't feel right, that means you're not in harmony with that thought. Uh, that's powerful, man. So again, thank you so much for, for providing that, that, that value here on the, on the podcast. I'm really fortunate to, to get in touch with... Uh, such incredible business practitioners like you, uh, coaches. I mean, you pro provided me with a lot of value and I think the audience as well. So Thank yeah, you. with that being said, is there anything else you would like to add to this conversation? No, like Nick, that was, that was a, a, a real treat. Like, thank you so much for inviting me and uh, guys out there, anything, anything is possible. I know this is a overrated phrase, But when you start working with those laws, you will truly have that faith and be able like, to live in harmony, your higher self. So 
That's it. <laughs> Thank you so okay, much. Okay, man. Thank you so much for 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 uh, providing us that value. So guys, as you heard, that's pretty much it. That was the whole show about the podcast. It was a pretty intense, long episode. Yet I hope you still tune in and listen to what he has to show. And if you did like this episode, again, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, and reach out to Mark himself and book a call or uh, study his content. Get his book, um, 100 Million Possibilities. He's a unique life story. I believe he's going places and we can look only forward to what he's going to achieve next so if you did like this episode thumbs up subscribe to the podcast and check him out guys thanks for tuning in thanks for uh listening to this really massive amount of uh, value that we've discussed um and yeah thanks for for tuning in take care see ya